So the year's about to come to an end, and the Christmas presents are already under the tree. We are seeing new trailers as well as new movies coming out next week. All that plus Doctor Who on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 132 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Salutations, Brian. Everybody's prepping. There is so much stuff that's going to be coming in the next couple of weeks, especially movie-wise, stuff we've been waiting for for a long time, and definitely worth talking about what we're hoping to see. But I'm going to break with tradition on today's episode because... I'm going to start out with something normally I leave toward the end because I want to get this out of the way. Oh, no. So let me play the music. Uh Uh-oh. This is the last episode before the New Year's special, right? Correct. Okay. And, of course, I was kind of joking kind of joking that maybe I should pre-record this so I didn't have to subject you to any kind of rants if any (laughs) rants were coming. But I thought about it, and I thought, first of all, I'm not going to go, again, spoilery, although I said that some of the things I'm going to say are probably going to be spoilers. I'm not going to go too much into detail for plot for a couple of reasons, which we'll talk about. But I thought, you know, I I wanted to get this out of the way because, obviously, I don't have a lot of great things to say about this (laughs) series of Doctor Who. And I just wanted to knock this out to begin with so we could get to something nicer, but... At the same time, also, I know that as someone who studies writing, I tend to get mad at stuff I think the majority of people don't. And I think it's just anytime somebody has an expertise in something, they can be more critical about something. Absolutely. Yes, I hate looking at billboards. And I'm not, I haven't taken a graphic design class in 20 years. Yeah. Hate billboards. (laughs) Yeah, because you could, Mm -hmm. you can see stuff in it that's wrong that bothers you, but the average person's not going to pick that up. And I'm sure it'd be the same for you for cosplay or art, you know, and as someone who has studied writing, there are things that are going to bother me in the show that maybe is not going to be that much of a bother for other people. Now, what bothers me, I would say, are structural problems, which perhaps at the moment wouldn't bother somebody else, but when they get to the end and it's like, well, this wasn't very fulfilling, they might not be able to explain why that was, but in a way, I can. And because of that, that's why it upsets me, because... It's like, I know what's coming. I've gotten the spoiler, and it's like, oh, we're (laughs) not going to enjoy this too much. But I'm going to try not to go into rage mode. To be honest, I don't want to kind of play into that. A lot of people have kind of played the rage card for humor's sake because it's funny to rant about something. (laughs) And I'm not trying to do that at all. I do want to talk briefly about some stuff that's bothered me about this six series, specifically, I think, where it went off the rails. There are possibility of some spoilers. So if you want to go in clean, guys, skip forward or put this on pause until you've seen it. Or if you don't care, then stick around. But like I said, I'm not going to go too deep into the plot. And I really don't need to because on the Doctor Who YouTube channel, Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker gave a recap of the entire six-series show, which Hmm. they've never done before. No series of Doctor Who has done a recap of the show where they talk about everything that happened. 
Okay. Or to be more specific, everything that happened in the main plot. I will say it didn't look like Chris Chibnall was all that happy to be doing this. He was talking about the plot, but it wasn't like he was very enthusiastic about doing this. Mm -hmm. And I can see where maybe a recap might be necessary because a lot of the reactions on these episodes that I've seen on YouTube and online, people have been confused about what the heck is going on. Because, as you put it, there was a big Hail Mary pass of a (laughs) bunch of stuff going on. Now, what I found interesting about the recap is they didn't attempt to explain everything that was going on. They just talked about the main storyline. That was it. They didn't talk about all the side quests. They didn't talk about all these extra characters and all the sub stories that was going on. And as a writer, I saw that and I said, you know, if you didn't talk about it in the recap, maybe you shouldn't have put it in the show. Okay. Everything you cut out of the recap, maybe you should have cut out of the show. And if you had, maybe you could have developed the main plot that having to go off and do other things and build stuff up that, in a real sense, really didn't go anywhere. So when Gordon Ramsay says you lost the plot, he's talking to Chris Jindal in this season of Doctor Who. Yes, very much so. There's a thing in writing that they tell you, and especially in screenplays, but also it's uh, a very good philosophy to follow when you're writing a novel, is you need to come up with a log line. Figure out what your main plot is. Now, it's okay to have subplots, and in novels you can get away with subplots more than you can in scripts. But once you've got that log line, you've got your North Star. You know what story you're trying to tell. And any subplot that you have, anything that you put in your book or your script, whatever it is needs to support your main log line in some way. And that was one of the big problems I saw in Flux was there was all these different subplots that only supported the main plot in a very tertiary way. We would spend nearly an entire episode building a character that would only really weigh into the plot for five minutes. And there were several characters like that. And some of the characters that they spent so much time developing didn't really have a whole lot to do with what was going on in the story. It was a distraction from the story. One of the things that I noticed about this series is that I have never seen in any show, any movie, any book, any media that I've ever seen, I have never seen so many instances of catastrophic plot armor failure as I have seen in this show. Anything in this entire series, the second that it wasn't needed anymore, it just went away. It was either killed or just ignored or they forgot about it or something developed that they were gone. And I mean, gone quickly. I know. Sounds kind of like Glee. (laughs) Well, I never saw A guest star would uh, show up to do one song and then they were never heard from again. (laughs) Yeah, well, but this was like everybody. I mean, they had Vendor and Bell and the stuff that they wound up contributing to the main plot was very minimal and not even like two minutes worth of the finale. You have this character known as the Grand Serpent that they introduce them and then for no real reason, it's like one of these subplots that the second he wasn't needed anymore, they threw him in another dimension and he's gone. Well, that's a pity because that sounds like a really cool character. Yeah, well, they... Grand Serpent. Well, here's the thing. Apparently, this is a character that has been involved with Unit since its very beginning, since its founding, because he had this grand scheme that he was going to use Unit. And this goes back to what I said last week about using a sledgehammer to drive finishing nails. 
basically all he wound up doing was helping the Santarans conquer Earth. This little small plot that really didn't have a whole lot to do with the main plot. That's what they used him for, and the moment that was done, then he's gone and he disappeared. And I know I made a lot of jokes about how Flux was a lesser telling of Loki season one. (laughs) But now we have Unit has been infiltrated by the Grand Serpent, which seems to me like a lesser telling of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Hydra. Hydra took over S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. Hydra was in the background running things in S.H.I.E.L.D. And this is what we had with Unit. But again, you have this grand story. And it just got thrown away on this little minor plot point that really didn't matter that much. And you could have cut it. Mm. But then again, there was a ton of stuff you could have cut. Going back to the recap. Everything not mentioned in the recap probably should have been cut from the show. But there was constantly these instances where you built up these characters and you spent so much time with them. And they weighed in maybe a minute or two minutes into the resolution of the show and you didn't need them. Even the big bads, the Ravagers, Swarm and Azure, Mm -hmm. the moment that they weren't needed anymore, they were killed off instantly. So those were the mini bosses? No, they were the main bosses. (laughs) They were killed (laughs) off in a minute, literally, by a character that was introduced 45 seconds previously. (laughs) To be fair, this character was referred to before in Flux. But the way that this character is referred to is it seemed like a concept, time. So everybody was talking about time was evil. and Was uh, it and time ti- spelled with a Y? Well, uh, maybe <laughs> so. Maybe so. Like but Mr. Time or Dr. Time? Well, apparently time, <laughs> is an, uh, time is an avatar, and so it was an actual physical person. We didn't know that because hmm. everybody was talking about time, and so you just assume that when they talk right. about time, they mean time, but apparently yes. on the planet time. So apparently time lives on the planet time. With his brother's parsley and sage. Maybe. And Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sister Rosemary. That, that, that must be it. And literally, so time shows up and kills the two main characters literally 40 seconds after the character's even introduced. Uh-huh. Has a moment to tell the doctor, oh, you're about to die, which we all knew. Uh, the doctor is always kind of about to die, whether they do or they don't. Yeah. You know. But we ultimately come to the secondary, I'd say the B plot of this, is this idea of the doctor being the timeless child, of having all these lives that she doesn't remember. And we do get the MacGuffin. We get the fob watch. This fob watch contains all these memories that she's lost. Part of what's been driving the plot is that she's been trying to figure all this stuff out. And now she finally, by the end of the series, has the fob watch. She has the ability to regain her memories, and she takes the fob watch. She opens up a hole in the center of the TARDIS console and and just drops and throws it away. Oh, doctor. And I don't know why. (sighs) And this goes back to you're bringing back the fob watch, which, of course, if you're a big fan of Tenet, one of the best episodes that he ever did was Human Nature slash The Family of Blood. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so it feels like... Chris Chibnall looked at those episodes and were like, yeah, let me do that better. And decided that the way you do it better is let's have the doctor make the other decision. That's not. Yeah. That wasn't what made that not one good. <laughs> that wasn't what made that episode Yeah, good. apparently it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, that was good. But you know what would make it better? If the doctor decided not to. Yeah, it was like when Eddie Murphy did Coming to America and everyone was like, this is great. This is a great comedy. So why don't we take everything that was good about it had to have been 
Eddie Murphy dressing up as different characters. So let's do Nutty Professor and have him dress up as all the characters. Like, that's not what made that movie good. Yeah. Especially when you do a callback to, a, like, a really fantastic episode of Doctor Who. You can't help but think about that and compare what you're getting with what you got. That's not a great comparison. I don't know why anyone would think you could do better than those two stories. And, you know, what's even worse is the fact that the episode right after those two was Blink. <laughs> you want to talk about that's, the... Yeah, that's the one that I always point people who have never watched Doctor Who. I say watch Blink, and it's the best... It's one of the best time travel stories that there is yeah. in all of media history. Yeah, exactly. And so, in Flux, they bring back the Weeping Angels because, hey... If you feel that doing a call back to one of the best episodes of Doctor Who isn't good enough, let's do that twice. Let's remind you again how good this show can be while we give you what we're giving you. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it was very frustrating because of the fact that there was so much stuff that was introduced that didn't go anywhere. You spent so much time developing characters that maybe for 30 seconds to a minute they, they measured into the plot, but you didn't really need them. You reinforced this whole idea of the timeless child. You doubled down on it, which not a lot of people are going to be happy about. I certainly wasn't. But if you're going to double down on it, you had opportunities to do stuff with it that were just missed because you didn't have the time because you were introducing all kinds of other stuff. And as much as I said, you know, I'm going to owe them an apology if this is just development, give us some momentum for the specials. Well, they're not getting an apologies because, by God, <laughs> yes, they certainly tried to wrap the whole thing up by the end. Hail Mary! And it didn't work because... The plot was so convoluted, it was so dense, it was so scattered that they literally had to split the Doctor into three different people, three versions of the Doctor, of having Jodie Whittaker play three versions of herself to carry the plot. They had to go that far to fix this, and it didn't work. It just it just did not work Aww. at all. It was so scattered. It, it was so unfocused. So the main thing is that you're really excited about the uh, New Year special, right? I mean, you're already baking your Cyberman cookies and. Um, oh no! Well, here's since you brought Christmas crackers. Well, since you, of course, you know we get the New Year special. And what are we going to do that's different and special and will make its mark? We're going to do a Dalek story like we've always done mm -hmm. with these New Year's. But we're going back to the Daleks <laughs> once again because it's always Daleks for New Year's. And for everybody that I've seen online that have complained about Flux who have said, hopefully Chris Chibnall will see what people are saying and that so mm -hmm. the specials will, he can make a course correction for the specials. Well, I hate to break it to everybody, but he filmed two of the specials right after he finished filming Flux. And the last special was filmed this past October. So if he has seen it, it doesn't There's matter. Yeah, it's too late now. Everything is locked in. The specials are done. They've even filmed Jody's regeneration even before they had any idea who the new doctor was going to be and they still don't know apparently um, they're telling us yeah they're saying they don't <laughs> know so it hasn't been announced yet so we don't know mm -hmm. we'll have to look back through all those guest stars because often uh the doctor was a guest star you know well, well yeah. not so often but sometimes well certainly colin, companions have been yeah colin baker was mm -hmm. was on doctor who before then 
and Capaldi. Peter Capaldi was for mm-hmm. sure. And of course, uh, some of the companions have appeared in previous episodes. Oh yeah, Freema Adjman. Uh, yeah, um, and Karen Gillian. Yep, she did mm-hmm. too. Yes. Yes. But with all the stuff that's going on now with mm-hmm. Bad Wolf Productions, and of course with bringing in the new old showrunner, maybe they can fix it. Yeah, the but biggest thing is that we shall see. We will definitely <laughs> see. But with that behind us now, we can look forward to the stuff that we're going to be seeing here very soon. We're already starting to see little dribs and drabs of trailers for different stuff that's coming out. Oh, yeah. Because they want, they want to remind us that there's some new stuff over mm-hmm. the horizon and want to get everybody excited. Yeah, it is. It's like it is. Everyone's getting ready for the holidays. You, you talk about wrapping presents and getting food ready and we're getting trailers and, you know, kind of reminders. I saw an article talking about uh, the Firefly Revival series. And so mm-hmm. that's, uh, they're like, don't forget about this. This is happening. And <laughs> so oh, yeah. they want to keep everyone on their toes, I guess. I've seen stuff for Morbius. I've seen a new trailer for Matrix. I haven't seen a new one for that. Yeah, that's just, just the same one that, you know. That came out this week. And some theaters and a couple of them are around here, actually have started playing the original Matrix movie. You can go and see it on the big screen to prep Uh for, you know, this new Matrix film. And so... Flashbacks. Yeah. Flashback series. Cool. Do you want to know what life was like in 1999? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) While we were still young and innocent. (laughs) And uh, there was a new trailer for the Peacemaker series that's coming out on... uh, HBO Max. No, I never watched Yellowstone, but you know, my family is just diehard. They're like, yeah, yeah, Yellowstone, they're excited. And I never watched it, but I did see the trailer for the spinoff series with Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Faith Hill. Yeah. And I was like, wow, did Tim McGraw and Faith Hill get tired of, you know, making beautiful music? And they're just like, hey, let's make an awesome Western. It looks fantastic. And I'm actually kind of excited to see oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you you got that, but next week we get, of course, Nightmare Alley with oh, yeah. uh, Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. and a, a film you may have heard of, Spider-Man Far From Home, I think it's uh, like. Yeah, I, I, there, okay, so what, there's another Spider-Man, huh? Okay. Well, basically the, you have this character, uh, his name is Spider-Man, Peter Spider-Man. Peter Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Attorney uh, at law. Yeah, what I know is that there was a bunch of movies where the first one he was trying to go home, the second one I guess he went the wrong way because he wound up far from home, and now he's I guess he finally figured it out. Like I'm no way home. Well, yeah, he's yeah he got he's totally Mm -hmm. lost at this point, and that's so we've got that. Well, he wears red, right? Because he tried clicking his red feet together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that's exciting. I'm um, you know, been anticipating this for I don't remember not being you know. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home's coming out, and it's going to have all the villains in the multiverse, and the and Sherlock, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be, you know, that's next week, uh-huh. and the week after that, of course, we get the Matrix, and so we have uh, December just really building up. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're getting it a little bit early because I know that they were talking about a Christmas release for Spider-Man, but they bumped it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, they said, well, they've waited long enough. Mm-hmm. Definitely something to talk about next week because mm-hmm. I've already got my ticket. Don't wait to go. And hopefully I'll be able to uh, be ready to talk about both Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man by next week. Mm-hmm. 
And I called it Spider-Man again because <laughs> I because <laughs> I can't help it's it. clever. Well, I don't know about clever, <laughs> but thank you. So before we go, one thing we definitely have to talk about is the latest episode of Hawkeye. Hawkeye. <laughs> so not everything is bad storytelling. No. Case in point. Episode Hawk. four of Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, this show has been well, so good. something like uh, Partners, huh, or something? It, it was it had a funny title. Partners, am I right? That's right, yeah. Partners, am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, oh, and, you know, when you have a tightly written story that mm-hmm. that everything is supporting the, the main plot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was just thinking, you know, I, I will endlessly talk about the LARPers. The LARPers who are cops, and they have these connections and all these little things like the the bag and she's she's like this is my bag my wife gave me this bag <laughs> And yet still pushing the plot forward because all these people that we just met, you know, they have their lives and all these little things with them. And it was just adorable. I oh, love yeah. it so much. Well, and the funny thing, too, is that talking about the LARPers, yeah, the whole bag thing uh-huh. was an Easter egg to the comics. Really? Because embroidered on the bag was Bombshell. And that character, and I don't remember her name right off the top of my head, she is a supervillain by the name of Bombshell. <sighs> In the comics. So you got that nod. Okay. So. um, Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you you get those little nods for people who know the comics or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, which is great. That whole moment where Kate goes to give Clint some kind of a Christmas, Mm -hmm. you know, because how badly she feels and that really that heart to heart that they have. Mm -hmm. And when she admits that it's you. When yeah. she finally, you know, she figures she, she figures it out. She's been, you know, thinking this for a while, but you know, she's waiting for him to open up. You know, yeah. it's, his, it's his story to tell. While she she is young and she's a bit naive, she is very thoughtful. Very, she has a good head on her shoulders, and and she gets it honest because you know Vera Farminga, uh, her mom. I am just loving her more and more. Oh yeah. You know she. <laughs> Yeah, I know that there have been some people who've been upset with that character because really? because I'm of the fact her. well because of the fact that she brought up the Black Widow thing to to Clint. Yeah, it's like man, that's a low blow. It's she's her mom. Yeah, she's scared for uh-huh. her daughter. You know, yes. and I'm not saying that she isn't going to turn out to be some kind of a villain by the end. That's possible. Mm-hmm. And again, every villain is the hero of their own story. In this, we are getting her origin story. If she does turn out that way, we have the foundations of knowing why. She cares about her daughter. So it makes perfect sense that she's going to say something that she thinks is going to get through to Clint. Mm-hmm. And Clint, if he could be completely honest with her, would have said, look, I don't want your daughter involved in this at all. She's gotten herself in a situation she can't handle. We've got to fix this. Mm-hmm. I would love for her to stay home and not have to deal with this, but that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So she has to be involved, and I don't like it any more than you do. But then, of course, the stakes raise at the end, mm-hmm. and he tells her to go home. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, as soon as that blonde hair shows up, like, oh, there she is. <laughs> yep. The fact that he's like, it's a Black Widow assassin. He doesn't know. As, well, as far as we know, he doesn't know, does he? I know. I haven't seen anything I don't know, think, hinting I, at that. I don't believe that. Th- yeah, I don't believe that. He doesn't, he yeah, he doesn't know that that's Natalia's Natal- sister. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, sister. yeah. Yeah, well, I, I don't figure Natasha, that she's... Not yeah. Natalie. Natalie <laughs> was her fake name. Right. <laughs> so I don't think that he knows that for... I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe that he does. He just knows that a Black Widow assassin showed up. Mm-hmm. 
And even if Natasha had mentioned Elena, mm-hmm. which I could see her mentioning it, the only thing that she would have had is a picture of the two of them as children. Mm-hmm. So may not recognize her right. and might not know that she w- went into the Black Widow program, might not know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But even if he suspects it, then he's got to know that if she's coming after him, she ain't happy about something. But any Black Widow assassin coming after somebody, that's a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) And, of course, people are going to be saying, well, that phone call that Kate's mom made, who was that to? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. is Yelena showing up? Does that have anything to do with it? mm. Hmm. I mean, that's a possibility. There's a lot... We don't know what that phone call was. Uh-huh. We don't know what was going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to have, you know, we've got this thing of the mom. She's blinded by love for this guy. I'm starting to get a bit suspicious that she knows and she's stringing him along. He's the one who's in the long con. Uh, she knows exactly who he is, exactly what he does, and him and his whole family. And she knows what she's doing there, Yeah, I w- think. Well, there's a good question. Did she set the company up? Mm-hmm. Maybe she set that company up and put him in charge of it. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's a lot of things possible. And that's what's really great about this story is it makes you ask questions mm-hmm. and it makes you want to know the answers. And then it makes you wait for the answers. <laughs> Every great story does mm-hmm. that. The narrative is straightforward. Everything that's involved in this narrative plays into the main plot. But it also plays into the B-plot, the subplot, this idea of Clint who wants to be home with his family on Christmas because that's what's important to him. But at the same time, he's having to deal with who he's been in the past, a person who he has never felt was a hero, Mm -hmm. and having to deal with all of that stuff. And something else I've got to mention, Clint's wife. Right? (laughs) Wow. Is she a very competent spy type? We know all this stuff about whatever happened in Budapest. 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 Budapest with Clint and Natasha. Where did he meet his wife and what... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was she doing? And yeah, was you know, there's been the question: Was she a shield agent in the past? Because mm-hmm. well, obviously she knew how to hide. <laughs> she knew how to hide. She uh-huh. she speaks more than one language mm-hmm. for sure, and she's good at tracking stuff down. And she's got connections. And there has been in the geek verse, there has been a name that has been mentioned. Mockingbird. Okay. And they're wondering if she isn't some type of that character of Mockingbird. Could be possible. Mm -hmm. Another one of those questions that we are desperately trying to find the answer to. (laughs) So it's so excited to learn. Exactly so. And we've got two episodes left. That's what's really going to hurt. Because next week we're going to meet up, obviously. We will talk about this second to the last episode. But then we're off for two weeks for Christmas and New Year's. Right. And we're going to have to wait three weeks for that, you know, to talk about the finale. Yes. But, man, will we have time to think about it. Yes. And, like, I, I don't want to, like, call you up and talk to you about it because then, you know, I, I think it's not as good as when we we're talking here. You know, yeah, we're exactly. getting that fresh back and forth. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. <laughs> and, like, there's times like, oh, I can't wait to talk to Brian about that. Yep, but uh, I try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, well, we will certainly have a lot to talk about, but till then, we, of course, we'll have next week. We'll have Spider-Man. We'll have, have another na- episode. We'll have Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what else we have to talk about, but I'm sure there'll be a lot to end the year. Uh-huh, yeah. So with that said, we come to the end of episode 132. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views. 
with the Geek Watch Podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.